Welcome to Imperfect Parenting. I'm Ariel Green Anderson. My name is Mats Anderson. We're bringing you raw, real, and unfiltered stories from around the world. Are you an IP parent? Because being a mom uh, has limited me, kind of, in working with clients, first of all, I find that I don't have as much energy mm-hmm. to give to other people now because in the end of the day, most of the days, I actually feel like I need someone to take care of me. That was Karolina Kvas, also known as Karolina Dobrovska, if you know karolinadobrovska.com. And she is going to share her stories today about her life as a mom and integrating life, work, family, passions. And uh, I'm really excited to talk to her. Of course, before we launch into that, I want to just say a quick thank you to all of you who are listening. Thank you for sharing and creating the ripple effect that we hope to uh, continue to create with all of you, sharing stories and successes and failures and everything in between and inspiring one another around the world with our various realities. And Carolina has very much done that for me today. Um, as I walk forward looking at how my coaching and my own spiritual passions and meditation and life and work and business and family and and somehow including our whole family in the reality in a way that works for my own heart and for their energy. It's It's a strong process for any mother and I think Carolina is doing it really well and she's full of joy and life and I immediately felt connected to her and was so honored that we could, between hemispheres and continents and across the world, align so that we could meet. And um, it was just wonderful. So we have a lot of ideas to share. It was a wonderful conversation. As a result, I'm going to do this in two parts. You have part one, and next week you'll have part two. And I hope you enjoy it as much as I. And uh, we look forward to sharing more ideas and seeing what comes of that. Thank you. Here is Karolina Klaas-Dobrovska. Welcome, Karolina Klaas, uh, to Imperfect Parenting. We Thanks are, for having me. Yeah, no, it's great. It's, we're, we're aligning our schedules from one hemisphere to the other. My daughter grumpily getting up into the world and your daughter <laughs> doing the opposite end of the spectrum going to bed. Uh, and uh, <laughs> her husband's trying to manage it. <laughs> so... Yeah, so if you hear any screaming in the background, I'm, I promise nobody's doing her any actual harm. <laughs> I, I guess I should say the same, just in case, because you never know. <laughs> Sound carries in this place, like, unbelievably. Uh, it wouldn't be the first show that we had where uh, <laughs> that happened. Oh, my goodness. So uh, I, I actually only really found you because of uh, Yana, because we had Yana Han on our podcast a handful of times and um you also did an interview with her but video interview on your website yeah yeah I do both I do videos and I do audio podcast as well but just in case because I personally find myself sometimes watching more videos but listening to the audio and sometimes like driving for example I prefer the audio version only so that's why I do both, yeah. so that you can choose what suits you better. 
Well, you're very brave. I'm only, I have recorded videos. They have not yet been released into the world because I'm a bit of a chicken, unlike you. So uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's in the works, let's say, like that. But I agree with you. I think it's really important. I think we all have different ways of, I mean, each individual person, as well as each of us at different moments in the day and life, uh, it can be great to have the video and other times you're projecting or you're driving, as you say, and, and you really need the audio or don't want to use all your data just to, to listen to something or whatnot. Exactly. Um, so that's great. But I, I would tell us a little bit about what you're doing now. I, I found your website. Of course, I don't understand 100% of it because my check isn't perfect. But let's tell me a little bit about what you're doing first as a, in your work and then in your mom life. Or, well, like they're combined, well, actually. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, my check is not 100% either. I don't think there's anyone who actually <laughs> speaks that language properly. You know, it's so difficult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is actually, really tricky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, try. have you tried the tongue twisters yet? Yeah, actually, that's how I started. I really liked, I had a really fantastic book of tongue twisters, which disappeared in a move at one point. But that's how I got my going was from the tongue twisters. But if you ask me what they meant, I wouldn't know, probably, but I like the sound of things. So, yeah. <laughs> but um, I actually have a website in English, too. So oh, I didn't know that. Maybe I can send you the link afterwards. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a little button in the um in the corner in the upper okay. right corner. Tired mom did not notice the button. <laughs> okay. No, it's fine. So yeah, so what do I do? That's a good question. I keep wondering that myself actually. <laughs> Quite often. Maybe it's still evolving like us. <laughs> yeah. So so basically, I started. That was right before I moved into Australia. I started as a life coach or like self empowerment mm -hmm. coach, and yeah, and that's what I've been trying to do when I moved uh, to live with my husband to Australia, and then it eventually shifted and you know went through different turns. I was like coaching people uh, on relationships and stuff like that, but basically, eventually. I started focusing solely on doing readings combined mm -hmm. with coaching. Readings. Yeah. Yes, because that has always been something that I was interested in. Mm -hmm. And I actually found that coaching was very rational, <laughs> too mind-oriented, you know, and too goals-oriented. And I'm much more of an intuitive person. Mm -hmm. And I just love going with the feelings and what, your story is and how you process yeah. your different emotions and stuff like that. And so in the end, really, I came up with something that bridges both these things, uh, things together. So working with your emotions, describing them, really even finding out what's happening, what's going on in your life through tarot readings. So I don't do psychic readings. I do more like art therapy based Tarot readings <laughs> where you basically just work with the images, you know, okay. and like, what do they tell you about your situation right now? Why do you have this association with this picture? What does that mean for you in this very situation? Rather than and telling then, them. Okay, great. Cool. Exactly. I, I use... I use the client's input a lot. And then we try to combine that with coaching techniques and exercises that are actually about changing things and having right. some action steps that you can take out of it so that you're not just left with that, oh, you should love yourself more, but yeah, right. no one really knows. <laughs> and what then what? Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. which deck do you use? Which tarot Sorry? deck do you use? Oh, I've got plenty, but my favorite is called the Fountain Tarot okay. deck, which is... 
very weird. I love weird decks, <laughs> not like <laughs> with very uh, and darker cards. I don't know. I just prefer working with those. But you know, like it's interesting because it still keeps evolving how I work, mm-hmm. how much I work, and with whom I work, and the different methods I use. Because being a mom uh, has limited me kind of in working with clients. First of all, I find that. I don't have as much energy mm-hmm. to give to other people now because in the end of the day, most of the days, I actually feel like I need someone to take care of me for, yeah. <laughs> for a change. It, it really changes your coaching yeah. and your whole life, yeah. really, doesn't it? I, yeah. I, I can relate, shall we say. Yeah, I totally went through a phase of kind of a crisis where I was even like, do I even still want to do this? Because yeah. I don't feel like I have any spare energy left for anyone else you know like you're taking care of this human being 24 7 yeah so at least for me for a long time that was the last thing I wanted to do was to take care of someone on top of that (laughs) it it really changes the work dramatically I I said that I wasn't going to work during my pregnancy and after and then I got these two wonderful women who showed up when I was eight months pregnant and I just couldn't say no their stories spoke to me and, uh, yeah. but I will tell you, I, I, looking back on it, I have no regrets. I love them. They're mm-hmm. fantastic. And it was mental torture for me to try and keep the focus in the way that I had done before. And I actually had to basically sit down at one point and say, look, the reality is I can't work in the same way that I did before. So this constant input and connecting in, I, I just couldn't keep a straight line. So I don't know if you had any of the same experience, but I didn't want to feel bad towards the client like I was, um, I don't have enough time for this. And I didn't want them to feel they weren't getting taken care of. And then it's that giving yourself permission to work differently. When I listen to you, I think, oh, that's fantastic that you found a new way of working with it. And uh, I think that as mothers in general, whatever your work is, but definitely when you're working this kind of way with people, you have to give yourself permission to find the way that works with the new reality rather than, you know even completely giving up or feeling bad that you're not doing it right or whatnot. So that's amazing. And it's, it's even a little bit more extreme for me because actually the majority of my clients are still checks. Right. So there's also the the time difference. Oh yeah. Yeah. The time difference. Exactly. Yes. (gasps) That's what I was going to ask you is how much is, uh, which continent are you working with the most? Yeah. So that's, that's huge because basically the times that, my clients are available is bedtime for us, for Josefina, for my daughter. So that's not working at all. So that's what I was getting to is that eventually I came up with a completely different way of doing readings. And I switched from one-on-one Skype sessions like this that we're having with each other right now to what I call audio readings, meaning that people send me information that I ask them for. And then I record that reading for them in my own time when I know I can sit down and focus right. and no one's going to be screaming and wanting food or changing <laughs> a, a change of a nappy, you know, and even, even like that, sometimes I have to like delete the whole thing and do it from scratch, like three times or something, oh, because you God. know how it is. Like sometimes your yep. child wakes up 35 minutes before you intended or you expected. So it's challenging even like this. And obviously the downfall is that I don't get that one-on-one connection with yeah. people anymore and mm-hmm. with that face-to-face interaction. 
So, and also I lose that client input yeah. a lot. Yeah. But on the other hand, I can work right now. But um, you have to work on your people, own acceptance, don't you? Uh, acceptance yes. of the how the path is right now. <laughs> Strong. Well, I, I guess it's still it's still working because people still want the readings from me. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, but uh, in a way, it's a great filter as well, like being a mom, because it makes you really prioritize and be like exactly what you said that your clients resonated with you. Yeah. That now yes. I am forced. I am literally forced. <laughs> To just go with what feels right in my gut that like, yes, I want to do this. And unfortunately, like tell other people, I'm sorry, I cannot do this for you because mm-hmm. I don't think I'm the right person to help you now. So it has been a huge exercise in boundaries for me. As Absolutely. Well. <laughs> I think that's yeah. the, I think it's a, a, a challenge for a lot of us that I know that work in, mm-hmm. I, I I want to use the word healing because I think that there is some really deep, intense, amazing healing with, with coaching and, mm-hmm. and working in Tarot and all these things. And I used to work in wellness as well. So there's, it's all kind of combined. But I think those of us who are sort of the, in a giving sort of uh, profession or just who we are as people, boundaries can be super challenging because you want to give, you want to help. And, you know, whether, you know, we have Hiana with her social work, like there's that mentality just of, of helping. And boundaries get a little fuzzy sometimes. And I have to say, the minute I was pregnant, something about Ella, she was just, and she is boundary girl. She's just, I want this. No way. Go away. I don't like you. Stay away. You know, she's amazing. Full on Aries boundary girl. And, uh, and I can say it's been the minute I was, pre- I, I, that's how I knew I was pregnant. I was like, suddenly I was setting the boundaries with all these people. And clients was also a big part of that as well. It's, uh, you know what? No, that energy doesn't work for me. I don't have that extra time. So yeah, these three people, I can mm-hmm. say yes to this one. I can't. And as well about timing, yeah. I remember being way more flexible. Sure. Yeah. Okay. If you're a few, few minutes late, it's fine. Now my, my window of flexibility is yeah. way smaller. And I tell people that, you know, there isn't the same flexibility. That's just how it is. And it, it in a way it feels good, but it also feels um, new or, you know, it's an adjustment mm-hmm. to the feeling of, I don't know if you have the same experience, but it's uh yeah totally (laughs) totally yeah I was and I think it's also partially well I don't know what your situation was exactly but I was in a situation when I was starting from scratch and you almost feel that pressure that like you gotta take on anybody who shows up because it means business and you gotta establish yourself and obviously you want to make a living and, and so yeah but yeah having a child is a really great um Yeah, just pressure, I would say, on yourself to just really make your priorities straight. And actually now, like with this, like being tired and not having that much energy for other people and all these things that I've said, it actually led me into also creating more content, like having my own podcast, uh, recording videos for YouTube, doing some other projects that I can still, you know, share my knowledge or whatever I want to share with people that are interested in it but uh, in your own timing again, I can and... do it in my own time <laughs> exactly. or I can do it with Josefina like there are so many videos I actually made this um, tarot reading course for beginners 
that was all about having fun and not taking it too seriously or being scared <laughs> of the guys. She's in half of the videos because Aww. she was like six months old or something yeah. that yeah. Uh, when I was making it. And so it was actually great to even, you know, prove the point that like this doesn't have to be serious. You can even do it with your kids. It's sure. not anything you should be scared of. No, we, we have some things like this as well. And and I actually tell my husband, no, no, don't edit, don't edit that out. Like I'm fine with her you know, touching in once in a while. I don't want every episode for me personally. Uh, I need to focus sometimes more, but I don't mind that she's coming in and she's saying, mommy, I just want to see you. And, you know, that's okay. That's, that's part of it. That's part of parenting and um, working with your life in a different reality completely. I mean, there's moments where remember. it really doesn't work. Like when I'm just about to start the recording, I haven't met the people ever. Yeah. Yesterday I had this recording with some, a couple who'd written a book and they were fantastic, but I hadn't met them yet. I hadn't had any conversation, not one word. And here she was screaming, mommy, no, not now. And I, it was just like, you know, we were having technical issues. You know, the things that don't normally happen, but somehow magically do it all at once. It tends to converge at the same time. So, um, you know, they're parents too. They completely understood, but it was really yeah. funny. I just remembered that famous interview in BBC with that uh, expert on North and South Korea. Have you seen it? No. That went viral like two years ago, how he was live having interview with BBC. He was sitting in, in his home office and all of a sudden like super serious topic about North Korea, <laughs> having nuclear weapons and stuff. And all of a sudden the door behind him opens and his little daughter like comes in like this <laughs> and she starts pulling him by his um, jacket or whatever. And then another toddler like rushes in and then the whole scene finishes with the mom absolutely freaking out and like flying into the room grabbing both the kids and like <laughs> escaping the room everything in the live uh, stream of bbc news no that's way. the best you should google that you should i will google that. i will <laughs> that's 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 life that's family life <laughs> exactly yeah. oh but that always makes me feel bad i i always appreciate seeing seeing that you know um you know truth not not everything edited out well in live stream of course you can't so <laughs> oh my gosh wow uh and can I ask you did you meet Yana in uh in Czech Republic or you met her in Australia no so we met uh here in Sydney okay after I moved in she was already living here with Michael okay. so that's how we met because yeah like the community Czech community I it's quite big and small at the same time, you know, how well, it is. I, with... I, I was surprised, actually. I remember when I, I came to Sydney, I was just there living for some months, actually. And I was living in Paddington with some friends, actually a Czech and an mm -hmm. Australian friend. I was living with them or staying with them and uh, or both. And I wandered into town and I, I just started speaking Czech with some guy. <laughs> he, I heard him and I said, oh, are you Czech? He said, no, I, one was Czech, one was Slovak. And it was just around the corner. I said, oh, my gosh, no matter where you go, you know, right? I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> so just showing my husband to close the door. Close the door. Was it very quiet? See, there's, there's a real life interruption. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, and, and how do you know Jana, actually? Uh, actually, I originally met Jana at Lighthouse, uh, Doom Spetla. Um, okay. we, she was doing, you know, social work there and I was attempting to do volunteer work, uh, 
you know, for education, because I had worked at uh, Marin AIDS Project in Northern California, mm -hmm. doing education and training and outreach and whatnot. So we met there, and then we became fast friends, basically, and we were good friends here, and then she moved to Australia, and, and I said to oh, my husband, okay. well, even when you have Czech friends, they move away. <laughs> so, yeah. Because we're always talking be about expats local. No, yeah, no, but I miss her terribly. So, uh, yeah, and then we see each other when she comes here, of course, and so it was great to capture her adventure and share it with people because there's a lot of people uh, who also dream of, you know, taking that big leap. So that uh, was, um, yeah, that's been a deep adventure. And I've been so honored that she's been so open and honest and real because I think that yeah. that's a big piece. People see all the social media and, you know, yeah. of, oh, I mean, yeah. I see, I'm, I'm now connected to a few different people on, uh, Instagram and whatnot and you see all the like shiny photos and how perfect mm. their caravan looks I'm like really you have toddlers and it looks like that all the time <laughs> how is that possible <laughs> no but uh so I appreciated the you know the truth truthfulness basically. yeah that's what I appreciate about her too that's what our interview was all about really and also about well I suppose you experience very similar things uh being an expat in uh, a foreign country like all the challenges that come in hand with that like raising a family being yeah, so far away support from system everyone and, yeah yes absolutely it's uh and, and learning everything from scratch as well <laughs> well that's you know we're we're in discussion now because we might well we are in transition we're just not sure exactly where we're landing um we never thought we would mm -hmm. be leaving czech we might not be leaving czech but now we're looking how long, at the how long have you lived there i've been oh. back and forth for 20 years like between California oh, okay. and Australia, whatever, traveling in here, and my husband a little over 10 years. And we always knew we would retire somewhere warm. <laughs> That's all we knew. Yeah. Um, but he lost sense. his job earlier than we expected <laughs> and much earlier than expected. So now it's a rerouting the plan. And, mm. you know, we're, I said the only thing I know is wherever, if we have to move out of Czech, I just, I want there to be some vague community. I know I can make friends, but I just really don't have the energy to start all over again. I would like there to be a handful oh of God, friends I or family or somebody there. I just, yeah. I don't have it in me anymore. I've traveled yeah. a lot in the world. I still would like to see some places, but at the moment, yeah. I know that the capacity I have, and I don't know if you have the same, but it's uh, the my, my, my circle, my little um, mm. sphere of how far I get from the house mm. or the hotel mm. or the hostel or whatever it's not that big anymore I find it's yeah. not that I can't go to see things and whatnot but I'm not going to do it every day it's a lot of effort to yeah. get your pram somehow on whatever transport and this and that and and here it's much much easier in Prague but um, I still find that between because there's still a nap time then I mm. don't go that far. And Ella doesn't always sleep. We have a lot of crappy weather here. So, you know, we don't yeah, always remember. Sleep and walk around in the cold, you know, for two hours while she's sleeping. So then, you know, and she sleeps yeah. better and longer when she's at home. So we don't get that far. So it's the same thing with traveling. So if we started mm. in a new place, I, I would make friends in the, depending on the environment, because we just, we looked at Amsterdam and like nobody talked to me in the, I mean, I tried to talk to people in the playground and people weren't, very receptive mm. at least in the area we were in and there might be other countries where people are less receptive like Sweden my husband's from Sweden I said I don't think I could live there we we tried to talk to people for like two weeks when we were there people are just in a different frame of mind so 
I thought it really would be a lot of work to rebuild a community. Yeah. So that's at least. And it's just so much you know. energy as well, just in general, you know, so much energy. And then I guess like as you get older and then with kids, I guess, especially you get more conservative. Mm-hmm. And so like you don't want it, it, it's the same for me. I so feel everything you're saying because we are now thinking about maybe buying some property here finally because, you know, we've been also thinking about like basically sitting on two chairs with one bum, right? Like uh, still not decided if we want to stay forever mm. or if we're ever going to move back to Prague and mm. blah, blah, blah. So it's been back and forth. And basically, I think we have come to a conclusion that we will never be sure. Yeah. So let's just stick what what feels right right now, yeah, and then yeah. we will see. Later Nothing set in stone. Happens. Worst case, you have yeah. invested at least in something rather than just giving someone else your money, right? Yeah. So. But but even now, with thinking like where we would want to live, obviously we would love to stay in Sydney, but it's very expensive here. But just the idea yeah. of like moving somewhere outside of Sydney all of a sudden is this huge stretch, and yeah. just like you're saying, like for me personally, it's this feeling of like. I've been here for six years and I finally feel like I have a root in here, you know, Mm -hmm. and now it would mean to just tear it all out again, just throw it away and start completely from scratch somewhere. And that is, that just feels so tiring. Just thinking about it. (laughs) (laughs) Just even the move part, let alone building, rebuilding is, is massive. We're downsizing right now. And I think the only thing that's helping me through the process which at first was really easy, but then you start to get into the hard things. You know, I mm. went through the process <laughs> mentally with, with uh, Yana and I was like, how are you doing this? Uh, but now I found a great NGO that's um, working with refugees. And so that suddenly changed everything for me because it's mm. not just I'm putting it in a bag and sticking it on the street. Yeah. It's someone could actually use this. So then I think, do I love it? You know, do the whole Marie Kondo thing. Do I really love it? No, somebody else could enjoy this. Think about this, like three years ago or something, three or four years ago, I had a apartment in Prague. And because by the time or at the time that I was moving to Sydney, I wasn't sure for how long it was going to be. Uh, I kept that apartment. It was empty because I wasn't really comfortable with the idea of having tenants there because mm-hmm. we also wanted to use that space anytime we would go back for sure. a visit, blah, blah, blah. But there so many problems with it with maintenance and my Mm. dad had so much trouble with it that we decided eventually to just sell the place now I had to make a decision if I would fly I was already pregnant I think if I would fly all the way back to Prague just for the moving and downsizing and just clearing the whole space or if I would do it on distance (gasps) and I I decided to do it on distance wow I can tell you (laughs) That I can't has been imagine. the most cleansing experience of my entire life. I had everything in that apartment because I only left with one suitcase, 20 kilos. I didn't even have 20 kilos when I left wow. Sydney. All the rest of my life was there. <sighs> that's so amazing. That's basically <laughs> that's brave. My, my family just took pictures of everything. But you know, it's not like they don't take pictures of mm. everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. My dad just opened the wardrobe and like took a four took four pictures of my clothes and now choose what you want to keep and choose what we just donate or give away. And that's how I dealt with all of the stuff in my apartment. And so I sold a lot of furniture or gave it to friends that were, you know, buying uh, a new house or moving into a new home, blah, blah, blah. 
Oh my goodness, it was so tiring, so exhausting. I cried so much because I was like so scared and felt like, oh my God, I don't even remember what's there. What if I let go of something that, you know, I love? And That's a big exercise in letting go of control and attachment and all these things. So eventually I just came to a conclusion that if I can't even remember what's there, it's probably nothing meaningful. Mm. So then it doesn't matter and I can let go of it. And another challenge was all the people around me, because there was stuff that they gave me as a present. They had memories connected to the stuff, you know, with me. My mom told me it was basically like, I don't know what the word in English is, but when someone dies and you are clearing all their stuff, you know, (laughs) that's what she felt like. Like, Well, there's a lot of emotions and memories in there when you're doing it physically. I mean, you were having yeah. such a hard time at a distance, but when you're doing it physically as well, I always find that I can only do so much at a time because there's, I don't know if it's the energy, the dust, the combination, but I often feel ill if I do too much because there's all these like in the, you know, I don't know, the program that's been kept or some random thing, but there's so much inside of there. So I can imagine that your family and your mom going through this uh, for you. So that's a big. So I was like constantly exchanging emails wow. with everyone in my family, people telling me, "No, you can't throw this away. No, you can't <laughs> give this away because this is and and in the end it was just like leave me alone." And but anyways, long oh, story tough. short, we did it. And after this experience, I'm like cold turkey. Like I could just pack a little <laughs> backpack tomorrow and just leave anywhere, and I wouldn't care less. Seriously. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I I I definitely think that it will change, you know, change my perception of. I hope. I'm actually. I'm I'm hoping it will change everything when we finish this process because I realize I my husband and I had this discussion. I said we were trying to figure out like why do we hang on to certain things? You know, just going through the psychology of it a little bit. Just what is it? Uh, part of it is maybe laziness, busyness. That that there are some boxes that we never quite all the way got through. Um, he had gone through a divorce. So he had like, a, I don't know, I want to say 20, 40 boxes that he had to go through, but he managed it at another time. But I had things that I think some boxes, which have gone from move to move to move because I didn't have a massive move. Oh, I'll do it later. <laughs> so I now have to go through those boxes because if there is a small chance that we go transatlantic, like back home to California for me, then we're not going to pay or pay to ship that or put it in our suitcases that's ridiculous right so I said to Mats I hope that after this process that we can do what we're doing now but on a regular basis you know I think either have a a charity or just something but just on a regular basis really make the time for that like right now I have a bag downstairs and a bag upstairs that literally every time I'm doing something in the kitchen I'm like you know I don't love this spoon Okay, but it's it's still great spoon. Let's put it down here, you know, just to have something. I have a friend who used to, um, I visited her in Denver uh, last year, and I was I liked that she had uh, her regular laundry bin, and then she had another laundry bin that was like as soon as she realized that the kids' clothes were too small, she just washed them and then she'd stick them in that bin. She had clothes, shoes, whatever, and I thought it'd be great to just have this for everything. And just do it on a regular basis. But I'd never done that before. Coming from the Depression era, which 
kind of reminds me a little bit of the edge of communism. At least when I came, it seemed like people hung on to things in case they were useful. Mm. And there's something in that, that you're not being overly, you know, consumerist and wasting and whatnot. But at the same time, how long do you hang out, hang on to those things? And when they're kind of weighing you down in a way. So you, you've gone through a really strong process. But also back then, like you only had those four spoons. Like right. there was no way you were going to five of them because every time you went out shopping, you brought a new dish set back home, right? Yeah. So that's the difference. Like <laughs> exactly. People held on stuff because they didn't have much of stuff. But also, there's still like the mentality is around, right? Like don't yes. you still feel yes. it in your family? Because my, yeah. my mom was only first generation American. So there's there was mm. a lot of that. If, if anybody from uh, her elders, if you see their mm. apartments, like I don't know, I'm sure that my great aunt who's just turned 100 in New York is not listening. But I would imagine that her apartment might look the same because there's many of the older, older ones. They just had so many things you yeah. know, in there yeah. that um, at the end of their lives, it was really a strong process to go through, you know, like what you did yeah. times 10, because it was like 40 years. I actually had one relative who moved to another apartment and left all that stuff in the other apartment. There was the clutter department. And then the other, and his, his wife said, that stuff stays there. We're not doing that to this house, but you know, they just didn't even deal with it. They just left it behind. Yeah. <laughs> you know, anyway. So, you know, it's great that you, you know, doing it now before we're 100 right so <laughs> yeah also thinking of your children like what you leave them right minimal minimalism is a big thing I did this minimalistic minimalism minimalistic challenge last year it was like you get rid of the same amount of things mm-hmm. how do that I you, describe you, this whatever you bring in you have to take something out like, like no. this no. It's that, so so you have 30 days so on day one you get rid of one thing on day 15 you get rid of 15 things ah. and on day 30 you get rid of 30 things so like in total it's more than 500 things I guess oh my gosh and everything counts and that's a really a good and fun <laughs> cleansing process as well because wow. then like by the end of it you are just trying to like find the smallest thing ever in your house because you feel like <laughs> there's nothing left that you can get I need one more thing today <laughs> yeah yeah so we are uh, sitting here about to talk about Karolina that you just heard part one Vas Dobrovska we are sitting here in our recording studio with our daughter between us watching Alphonse on the computer with headphones because she just really, really needs to be close to us right now. I think part of it is we've got some big changes going on and uh, yeah, so this is an unusual recording day yeah, and it yeah. sort of fits with what we were talking to Carolina about actually. <laughs> and it's 30 degrees outside and our air conditioning broke and we've been complaining uh, about the cold winter now for the last x episodes and now it's warm and we are complaining again yeah well you know that seems to be how it is sometimes <laughs> but uh no it was i i really enjoyed talking to carolina i feel felt like everything was coming together in that call that's been sort of happening and bubbling around under the surface for me um you know she's talking about what she's doing and and uh yeah and the expat reality you were having that conversation about and she seems such a lovely person. 
She's incredible. I just, I'm so inspired by her as a mother, as a person on her purpose and sort of sticking and, and sticking to it and finding the right way and just being bold enough to just go for it and, and do things differently. Uh, you know, and the, the conversation we were having about sort of expat reality and, um, how hard it is to sort of start all over again, you know, no matter which country you're from and where you're going or where you are, or even going to another town sometimes is, you know, it's a bit intense. So, uh, and I think, you know, we have a lot of expat listeners who have moved multiple times or, you know, one time to a major country, or even if you're, you know, from a big city, you moved to small town or vice versa in the U.S. or wherever you live, it's, it's that reconnecting and creating your community. Um, and at the same time, when you're thinking about all of that, that, oh gosh, I have to start all over again. You're completely letting go of your past and downsizing. I'm, I'm so impressed with how <laughs> she, Carolina went through the process of, that we're going through of downsizing our house through the, you know, Skype and photos and from a distance and kind of that, I can only imagine as a person who likes to be in control myself, like, what if I forgot things? And she was talking about that. And I thought that would be just, it's a, a massive process, like really intense. Can you imagine doing that? No. Well, you did kind of do it, but. Well, I mean, it's difficult. Uh, every downsizing or every move, it's just, it's, it's really, really hard. It takes months before and it takes months after before you settle in. Yeah. Right. And it's, you know, I always have that fear that years later I'll be like, oh, where's that thing? Oh, I got rid of it, you know? But yeah. I guess, you know, in the end, you know, it's about, it's about attachment. And I, I, I like how she was talking about the minimalist um, approach. You were, you were liking that. Yeah. The minimalist approach is, is not. The, the, I, the I, one day, one yeah, thing, 30th day, 30 things. I heard about it last year. I think there's a movie on Netflix about it. This, I cannot uh, imagine you uh, getting rid of 500 things. I've already no, gotten rid of 500 if I, things. If I, if I could do one a day, it would be amazing one month. Uh, but it, even that would be a challenge for me. Yeah. You, you constantly talk, oh, you just need to throw everything out. But you know, this is the guy who just keeps going back to the books, like, oh, I'll just get rid of another book. I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, it's, an, it's a process. And I think that. Uh... And the, the, the tarot card. So I, I'm, I'm open minded. Yeah, I know you do these cards. I'm, I'm, I'm still not 100 uh, percent convinced, but uh, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll need to do a course about it. Yeah, well, you can take her course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's got the beginner's course, which I think uh, I, I love that she, we, we talk a little, that goes in, in part two. She talks a bit about that and we go into kind of creative process and artist way and different things. It's um, a longer episode. This one is more of a fast and furious kind of expat reality downsizing thing, which is a theme you guys have heard before, but it's just a slightly different uh, twist on it and uh and but yeah she I, I think it's impressive that she decided that uh, the traditional coaching wasn't for her and and that she wanted to use images mm -hmm. rather than just having a conversation and I think uh, I think especially I think that's really a powerful thing with various cultures who are not as used to in their society talking about emotions and everything so openly in their lives I think that um, that must break a barrier in a way because that was one of the challenges you know we were talking yesterday one about one of my challenges of working in Central Europe and maybe in Europe in general but depending on um, the mentality is very different even in different parts of the US to California Northern California especially there's this whole 
therapy has been such a deep part of society for so long. And so many people come to Northern California to go to retreats and this and that. So there's this whole thing about my process and what I'm going through right now and my feelings to the point, you know, we were talking about later, uh, it's in excess sometimes, but at the same time, there is at least an avenue to have that conversation. And it comes naturally inside of um, coaching, like what's going on here. Whereas it, it takes much longer here because the average society there people were not encouraged like well, how do you feel and what's going on so it's uh she's working with a lot of checks so it just made me think of that mm-hmm. that it can be powerful and i think that we all have a lot inside of us and you know the tools we're given at a young age make a difference you know we talk about this a lot with ella like where do we want her what environment do we want her in in these first years because it's going to shape her for life and not that we can't evolve and, and shift things, but the reality is that's uh, what we get. So, yeah, it was a good it was a good talk, and this was just the beginning. This was kind of just the teaser, and then we kind of go deeper, and it's it's really more of a there's Ella. There's a little more of a conversation in the in the second one, and uh, we're looking forward to sharing that with you. Anything else? No, I think that's okay. looking forward to the the second episode too. And here's Ella tangled in our wires. Have a beautifully imperfect day, everyone, and uh, join our Facebook group if you want to be a part of creating your dreams. And we're going to do a live episode at some point. And please share the episodes that are interesting for you. And we would love to hear from you at info at imperfectparenting.net because uh, we like to know what is interesting for you and where you get a little hit and. So, yeah, have a great day. Bye. Thank you for listening to Imperfect Parenting and our Imperfect Podcast. For show notes, links to things we discussed, our blog, and more, please go to our website at www.imperfectparenting.net. If you have questions, comments, or stories you'd like to share, please go to our social media on our page or write us at info at imperfectparenting.net. We would love a review on iTunes from you and might have a couple surprises at the other side. So IP parents around the world, keep having a wonderfully imperfect day.